Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Just Fish Outdoors. I'm your host, Dale York, and I designed Just Fish Outdoors to focus on freshwater lakes and streams and to provide information, tips, and techniques, along with how-to segments for catching everything from crappie to catfish. We will also provide tips on equipment, tackle, boating, and much, much more. All of this is aimed at helping you catch more fish and have fun doing it. So join us each week as we talk about my favorite subject, fishing. And that will bring us to our uh, focus for this week. Uh, This week we're going to talk about fall bass fishing and also going to throw little tidbits in there about uh, my favorite baits for finding them and, and catching fall bass. You know, many anglers this time of year, uh, you know, they put their boats in the garage. Uh, they're pretty much done. And, uh, boy, I tell you, you, you know, the, the fish get so active this time of year. This is this is my, probably in my opinion, uh, my number one time of year for catching not only bass, but having the opportunity to catch uh, a pretty good-sized monster fish. You know, they're, they're all up chasing the shad. They're very active. Many, many times they're, they're very willing to, to eat about anything you throw in front of them. You know, <laughs> you know everything from spinnerbaits to topwaters. You know, it, it can just be a wonderful, wonderful time to be on the water. The, the fish are very productive. They're very active. And, and in many cases, uh, you know, you don't have to get up at the crack of daylight to be on the water. Uh, in many cases, this time of year, the the most productive time can be from, uh, say, uh, you know, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon until dark. Uh, many times this time of year, uh, that uh, that time frame can can really produce a lot of fish for you. So what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to take you through some of my favorite baits, uh, ha- how I fish them, and also talk to you a little bit about uh, locations where I start looking for these fish. You know, the first thing we got to, to, to understand is what the fish are doing and where they're doing it. You know, right now, the fish are just feeding up big time for the fall. They're trying to put as much bulk on. They're trying to eat as much as they can uh, to to take them into that dormant period uh, when that water temperature gets, you know, below the 50s and, and the fish uh, metabolism starts slowing down. Uh, and they're just trying to put as much bulk on as possible. And also, by this time of year, many of the of the the items that they normally eat, like the the crawdads and other things, are, are pretty much gone. So what they're really focusing on is they're focusing on shad. And you know, I I can't emphasize this enough that you have to find the shad to find the fish. Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, they're going to be up in real, real shallow water all the time. Uh, you're still going to be able to catch these fish offshore, off of some of these pockets, off of some of these humps, off of some of these ridges uh, that uh, are not necessarily up in the back ends of the creeks. Uh, these fish, a lot of times this time of year, are just starting to get into their heavy schooling activity. And, uh, you know, if you're fishing shallower water, uh, a technique, for instance, and you're not having much luck, sometimes you can go to the deeper areas, uh, you know, your main creek channels going up into the back end of your creek where you still have 15, 20 foot of water depth, 
and uh, you fish those bends around those secondary points sometimes, and you can find these fish schooled up. You can set them one place many times, you know, and catch 10, 12, 15 fish without ever moving. So there are there are multiple patterns, but they all key around one thing, and that's bait fish. You've got to find the bait fish in order to find these fish. It's really not that difficult. I mean, one of the things that, that really, really helps you this time of year is to have that great Lawrence HDS equipment uh, on your boat. You know, I, I run an HDS 12 touch on the console, and I run an HDS 9 touch on the bow. And uh, with this great electronics, and especially the side scan capability, uh if you're fishing the deeper if you're fishing the deeper pattern if you're looking for these fish out off uh off the main banks if you're if you're looking for those humps and those creek channels and looking for these schooling fish uh one you know one of the things you're going to need is you're going to need the shad and the second thing you're going to need is you're going to need some you know first class electronics and uh you know that's where the Lawrence hds series comes in uh it will really really benefit you when you're looking for these offshore locations this time of year where you've got stacked up fish uh you know it's just so much easier to find the fish and when once you find the fish to to stay on top of the fish and fish the fish so you know think about that uh like i said the other thing the other pattern is the shallow water pattern and uh, in many, many cases, this shallow water pattern, you can get on these fish and, and just use that pattern all day long. You know, it, it is just uh, very predictable as long as the weather conditions, the wind conditions, things of that nature stay consistent. Uh, you, you know, you're not having a rapidly falling lake or or things of this nature uh, where they're pulling or generating a lot of water out and the water's falling at a, at a fairly rapid pace, that will definitely reconfigure the fish and make them move. But, you know, one, the, this shallow water pattern this time of year is, is very predictable. Fish are everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> and what I mean by that, uh, you know, they just scatter out and get after these schools of shad and they're just, they're just eating all they can eat as long as they can eat it. What I'll take you to through right now is, is kind of some of my first choice, second choice, third choice, so to speak, uh, of how I locate these fish, how I catch these fish, and what I catch these fish on. You know, my first choice of bait this time of year uh, is a swim bait. You know, I like throwing uh, a four to six inch swim bait sometimes a little smaller depending on whether you're the primary forage is gizzard or threadfin shad but uh, i i like that four inches types uh swim bait of course in a, in a natural shad pattern uh if i'm fishing real clear water like keystone uh like sky took or or tinkiller i'll use a little more translucent color than what i will if i'm fishing a keystone or or a fort gibson or a ufala I like a little more solid color when I'm fishing those particular lakes. And normally what I'll throw this on is something like a, a quarter or three-eighths up to a half-ounce head. You, you know, remember, you're fishing shallower water. You know, you're, you're typically fishing water five foot and less, and uh, you're looking for these aggressive fish, and you're trying to cover quite a bit of water. You're not necessarily power fishing, 
but at the same time, uh, you know, you're not out there throwing a, a jig and pig and and, and sane in the water either. So, uh, you know, look at that four inch size, uh, four to five inch size in that quarter or three eighths ounce head. You know, I guarantee you that that's one of the baits that uh, uh, I, is one of my go to baits this time of year. You know, if the water is a little more stained. Uh, one of the things I'll do is, is, uh, throw something with a little chartreuse or a little orange in it. You know, what you want to do is you want to throw that bait out there, start reeling it in and every so often twitch it and kill the bait. You know, uh, when you're reeling that in, don't, don't just throw it out there and reel it into the same thing over and over and over again. Impart a little action to that bait. One of the things that may help you tremendously is uh, doing what I call killing that bait, is is to reel that bait 6, 8, 10, 12 foot, twitch your rod tip, make that bait maybe jump up a little bit in the water column, and then stop reeling and kill that bait. A lot of times those fish will follow that bait, and that little jump and then killing that bait will, will trigger a strike when just reeling that bait in, that fish may follow it all the way to the boat, but that fish will never take the bait. Uh, so think about that. You know, erratic action is what you want. You you want that bait to mimic a dying or injured shad, and you you want to excite that fish and you know and, and trigger that bite. And uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different things you can do to that swim bait to do that. And there's a lot of different ways you can rig that swim bait to make that happen. But, uh, you know, think about that when you're reeling that fish in or reeling that bait in is, uh, you know, impart some kind of action to that bait that's uh, uh, a little different. And uh, like I said, many times you can uh, uh, trigger that strike, you know, target the back of creeks and, uh, you know, focus on shallow areas. And even if you find a stump row or or a brush pile, something like that, uh, you know, focus on that area. And once again, you know, like I said, you know, focus on doing something different with that bait. Uh, That's many times what separates catching a few fish from catching a bunch of fish is just doing something different with that swim bait. Rig it on a good hook. Make sure your hook is sharp. Many times you'll, you'll... feel that fish strike it and then you'll feel that fish strike it again you know don't get too crazy about the rod set you don't need to and especially if you're fixing an exposed hook type situation just the swing of the rod or 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 sweep of the rod many times is all you need to set that hook especially when that hook is uh, exposed out of the plastic the second thing that that i like to fish or my second choice and uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek because my second or third choice is kind of up or down. It just depends on what lake I'm starting on. And in some some cases, uh, you know, the water clarity and the time of day. But I put this down as my second choice, and that's a spinnerbait. You know, spinnerbaits are my second choice because they they can, once again, similar to the spinnerbait, to the swim bait they can be fished in so many different kind of ways and so many places in in the vertical in the water column you know you can fish them fast up shallow where you wake throw that v wake behind them you can slow roll them where they're down there four or five foot uh you can put a a a big colorado blade on them to to really make that thing thump or kick if you're fishing some off-colored water you know you can put the the willow leaf blades on them if you're, if you're fishing a little 
clear water where you may not want the thump, but you do want the, the, the shine or, or the reflection. They just have a lot of choices that you can do. Uh, I prefer to throw the, the spinner bait in a little more stained water than what I like to throw the, the uh, swim bait in. You know, there's, there's a point in time there where, or a point in the water clarity there that, you know, I, I will go to the swim bait or go to the spinner bait uh, and, and that kind of becomes a personal preference. You know, if I can see the shad in the water, if I can physically see the shad in the water swimming around uh, and see the different schools, and, you know, and see four, five, six inches, eight inches deep in the water column, then typically I'll start with a swim bait. And, uh, you know, I may change colors on the swim bait. Uh, I may change weights on the swim bait. Uh, and then... If I'm not doing any good there, then then I may go to the spinner bait. You know, as far as colors, uh, chartreuse and white. <laughs> it, it's in my humble opinion, it's hard to beat chartreuse and white for spinner bait color, especially around here in northeast Oklahoma. But there's a lot of cases too. I'll throw a solid white. You know, that's probably my two go-to colors when I'm throwing a spinner bait this time of year. Uh, I I like the combination of willow leaf and Colorado blade. Sometimes I'll prefer one over the other. You know, I also like three-eighths up to a half ounce for throwing this time of year. You're typically fishing very shallow. Uh, you're, you're not trying to get down there and thump the bottom of the, of the reservoir. So, uh, you know, quarter, three-eighths up to a half, depending on your rod, your line. You know, if you're throwing 20-pound, uh, you may want to go up to a half ounce. Uh, you know, if you're throwing 14, you may you may want to go down to three eighths or even a quarter. So that, that kind of depends on uh, the situation that you're throwing there. It's really a, a, a hard for me to get away from white or chartreuse and white. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> you know, and the other thing I do too on that is uh, I have a personal preference as I like gold blades. You know, even fishing the clear water. I still tend to go with uh, the gold blades. Uh, it just for my my personal preference. I've had a lot of good luck fishing the gold blades uh, in those particular color combinations. My third choice, uh, like I said, this was this was a tough one between second and third, is uh, a hard jerk bait like a Rogue or a Rapala, something of this nature. You know, those baits are not only good early, early in the springtime as that water begins to warm, especially in our clear water environments, but they're excellent this time of year as well. You know, I'll throw those things out there, crank them down till I get them two or three feet below the surface, then I'll start twitching that bait to the boat trying to find a twitch combination that the fish will strike, that makes those fish strike, you know, and, and try a lot of different things, uh, you know, twitch, twitch, stop, twitch, 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 stop, you know, <laughs> a, a lot of different reg regiments and a lot of different routines. But those fish can uh, really get on those jerk baits this time of year, and it can produce a lot of fish. Once again, you know, you know, mimic, you need to mimic the shad patterns, uh, if you're fishing a little off-colored water, you know, you throw a little chartreuse, throw a little orange in there, do something of that nature. If you're fishing more clear water, a more translucent color may be helpful. Uh, but you, you need to mimic those shad patterns, and you're trying to get that jerkbait to resemble uh, a dead or dying shad, you know, an easy meal for these things. The, the next bait that uh, I, would, I would look at would be, of course, a lipless or a square bill crankbait, something that will, you know, dive down... Uh, 
on the square bill something that'll dive down a foot or two on the lipless of course you can adjust your weight depending on uh, uh, what water depth you're fishing that lipless bait but in some t- some situations that lipless bait will create or generate strikes that the square bill bait won't uh, trigger so don't be afraid to go from a, a square bill crankbait to a lipless crankbait or vice versa. Sometimes doing one or the other can, can really improve your chances. And then, of course, if none of this works, if, if you're fishing faster, like these baits I just outlined, and you're, you're not getting bit, the fish could be what I call a neutral or a negative mood. And when they do that, then you're going to have to totally rethink and slow things down. You know, this is the time when you pull out your wacky worms, you, you pull out your tube jigs, uh, or even a jig and pig. I tell you, I, I've got, uh, you look me up on uh, Facebook or look me up on uh, YouTube, I've got a video out there where I talk about fishing the wacky worm in the fall. And uh, once again, when I have to slow down to get bit, that's one of my favorite techniques that I catch a lot of fish on. You know, I'll I'll throw that on spinning gear many times. Uh, I'll throw it on a, a, a great three-aught size hook. Sometimes they want a four-inch. Sometimes they want a six-inch on that wacky rig. Just numerous types of different worms in there or, or different plastics to to that I rig wacky style. And uh, many of those will generate strikes. Think about that. That's just an, an excellent bait to throw this time of year when you have to fish slower. The fish aren't as aggressive, and you have to slow your presentation down. A lot of times when you have high bluebird skies uh, where you've got a little bit of wind, you, we've got a little northern that's blew through, throw that wacky worm. Uh, and like I said, once again, you know, throw that on a four or throw it on a six inch style. And uh, once again, you want to mimic the shad color. Sometimes, like I said, if you've got a little bit of color, you know, put a chartreuse tip on it or, or a red tip or something. Uh, but I guarantee you that wacky worm can produce fish this time of year when almost nothing else will, will do it. You know, number two behind that would be a tube jig. Once again, uh, you know, check my channel out on YouTube. I've got a, a, a video out there for, you know, how to rig and how to fish the tube jig, uh, which is just an awesome fish-catching bait this time of year. You can literally catch everything that swims on a tube bait this time of year. You know, once again, you know, throw throw the 3-inch, throw, throw the 4-inch. You can throw it out there and, and reel it back hopping the rod tip to make that thing look like it's swimming or you can fish it on bottom like it you know, like you would a texas rig or a jig and pig uh something in between uh there that's just an extremely versatile bait this time of year and sometimes uh you know if, if you're looking for fish or you're just wanting to catch anything out there that tube bait is, is just an awesome thing to throw. You can catch crappie on it. You'll catch stripers, hybrids, <laughs> bass on it. You'll catch everything that swims in the lake on on that tube jig. And once again, you know, rigged it up, rig it up right with six, eight pound spinning tackle type situations, six and a half foot rod or a little more, uh, medium light, the light depending on which direction you're going there, eighth inch, uh, eighth ounce head. And I guarantee you, you can catch a lot of fish on that tube jig, you know. And then, of course, the the last 
part of that series for me would be uh, a jig and pig. Man, it's hard to beat a jig and pig for catching quality fish this time of year when those fish are really neutral. You know, you can fish those brush piles around boat docks. You can fish those stump beds. You can fish uh, uh, known brush piles in shallower water uh, or just big slab rocks or chunk rocks in many cases, on, like in some of our other reservoirs. And uh, that jig and pig, if, if there's a fish in there, <laughs> he'll eat that jig and pig. You know, don't overfish the jig and pig when you're, you're fishing it around this kind of timber. You know, let it do the work for you. Sometimes you have to throw that jig in a brush pile or, or throw it out there and, and, and let it soak. Just let it sit there for a little while before you move it. And I guarantee you, uh, you know, using that, you will catch that fish in that brush pile because he will eat that thing. No problem. And, of course, uh, last but not least, uh, you can't leave out topwaters. Sometimes topwaters, if you got a little chop on the water, uh, you can just have a ball this time of year because it, it so mimics a dying or injured shad on top of the water and uh, you can uh, cover a little more water fish a little faster and sometimes produce a lot of fish on the top waters so don't leave the top water out uh, of your arsenal for for looking for these fall fish Uh, some of my favorite locations be uh, secondary points shallow water humps uh, windy banks in the back of pockets where you have, uh, if the wind's blowing out of the south, it's on the north side of the lake, it's been blowing the shad up in that pocket or up in that cove or up in that little bitty creek, and, and, and go all the way to the back of that thing when you fish it. Uh, sometimes these fish will just migrate all the way back and because that's where the easy food is, and, and <laughs> they're back there just chowing down. You know, not all bass begin to shift here at the same time as far as the fall locations, and certainly not all of them move the same distance during this period. You know, like I said, the two factors that govern where you need to look for these fish is the concentrations of shad, and, of course, the second one is structure. Uh, you know, even bass that are migrating from one area to another, they do not move all at once but they do move in common places or common holding areas so once you're catching fish in a particular area you know look for those areas folks send me an email tell us how you like the show or how we can improve on it Uh, if you have a suggestion for a topic let us know and we'll try to put a show together for you Uh, If you would like to know more about Just Fish Outdoors or how we can help, just drop us a line, justfishoutdoors at justfish.com. That's with a J-S-T, folks. You can also find us on Facebook at Just Fish Outdoors. You can get a hold of us there as well. Uh, Folks, get out and enjoy one of the many lecture streams we're blessed to have. Uh, With the fall coming on, the trees are going to be turning colors. It's just going to be a magnificent time to be on the water and enjoying all of the scenery. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch us next week. This is uh, Dale York, host of Just Fish Outdoors, saying we'll catch you later.